episode number eight. And today I have Miss Fabby with me. Hi, Fabby. How are you? Hi, Benita. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so good. So good to see you. It's been a little I while. Know. I was going to say that. Yeah. Good to see you after a long time. Yeah, it's been probably maybe two or, two or three years, maybe. At least two years, of course. Yeah. Yeah. How have you been? I've been okay here at home with my kids. So my listeners or viewers are probably wondering why Fabi is part of episode number eight today. And I cannot wait for all of you to hear her story. And she's such an inspiration for a lot of women and people. So um, I want to start off by Fabi. Go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers um, a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, my name is Fabiola. I am from Mexico. I'm Mexican. I'm from Guadalajara, Jalisco. Uh, I have uh, four children. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been here like for the last 30 years, 30 plus years. Yeah. 30 years? Yeah. Have you always lived in Georgia? Uh, no. Um, when I came, I, I was living in California. I mm -hmm. lived in California for, for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Georgia. What what made you decide to move to Georgia from California? Mm, well, because my ex-husband had uh, some brothers living here. And, oh, I see. Uh, they were they they all do the same work. They were they were uh, they work in construction, painters, mm -hmm. and uh, so they tell them, you know, we can make uh, a company all together. So if you move over here, you know, and they were doing some like plants that work together and all that mm -hmm. that's why we came here oh gotcha um california is a beautiful state oh and i know we've, <laughs> we've talked about it yeah we talked about it when you yeah. move over there oh it's so exciting because at the beginning uh, i didn't adjust well here i didn't like it and i felt oh i want to go back i want to go back but now that i've been living here all this time my daughter's love it here and they're mm -hmm. so happy here so we'll settle down here <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean after a while it just kind of grows on you right and yeah and and the southern hospitality is also unlike none i would say from being all over the country i um, share that opinion yeah 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 so um what are we drinking today your choice um was tea um have you had a chance yes. to try your tea no, but I'm gonna do it right now. So for my virtual podcast, I've been using oh, Door so DoorDash. Good. Is it good? Um, I've yes. been using DoorDash. So shout out to DoorDash. Maybe you want to be a sponsor one day. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, and actually Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I have been searching for the other, which is Starbucks, because typically when I ask my um virtual attendees who they would prefer or what they would like they would you know give me the app they would typically tell me well the last you're only my second one but it's been tea and you know we all know that starbucks has like the the biggest variety of teas that you can we, you can like get from them but when i search them near you know like the address of the attendee dunkin donuts always comes up so 
Dunkin' Donuts has actually been great. The last two times, I've kind of been late ordering, but they have been delivering right on time. And mm-hmm. so I start pa- to panic at the 30-minute mark because I know that it takes a little while to get, you know, the items. But, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts has been able to get that order, you know, through right away. And then, of course, DoorDash, they've been delivering it r- right on time also. So shout out to both of those. Yes. I've never uh, tried a tea from Dunkin' Donuts, but I love this one. It's really good. Yes, yeah, so I, I ordered you some, like a hibiscus tea, right? Because I was well, trying, I was like debating. Mean tea. It's, it tastes yeah. like mint tea. Yeah, so they didn't have the hibiscus tea that I ordered. And mm. um, they called me and asked me what I, but they gave me like all the options they had. And I chose the last one. It was something with like, Honestly, I, I thought he said like passion fruit or something like that along the lines. But hey, as long as you like it, I'm I'm oh, happy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, yeah, good. Yeah, like awesome. It. Awesome. So what do you like about tea versus coffee? Well, um, I have my doctor prohibited um coffee because oh. of, yeah. Gotcha. My my blood pressure, yeah. So I've been drinking all kinds of tea and it relaxes me mm-hmm. and also i was having trouble with um sleeping at night so coffee mm-hmm. doesn't help oh yeah yeah and that's of why course. I, um, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from from coffee yeah yeah but i understand that really relaxing for me you know um with this show now i've been like go actually buying more teas and trying more teas too and um I, I can probably, I mean, tea is a big thing in Europe, you know, where I'm from, but um, I have been predominantly drinking coffee, but I'm enjoying trying different teas now too. And like you said, yeah, it gives you like a, you know, it's like a feel good um, mm-hmm. atmosphere or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Awesome. So how, tell me, how was it moving to the United States? How old were you? And just what was your experience initially coming to the country? Well, I was very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was already married. I young uh, when I was seventeen. I mm-hmm. got married very young. So yeah, it was seventeen, and then when I came here, I was twenty. Mm-hmm. So I was, I practically grew up here. Yeah. And uh, but when when we came, I didn't have any idea what was it gonna be. But um, I really. I feel like like I adjusted really well when when we got to the uh, excuse me place we were gonna leave at there was a, a lot of nice people um, mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so lucky because um, I've met so many nice people through all my life that uh, up to this day I can I I keep all those uh, all that friendship um, I just talked to a friend back in that is back in California. And I've I've known her for like since I got I came here, mm-hmm. and I'm still in touch. So yeah, you know it was it was a good experience for me. Well, it's also because you are very kind too. Oh, <laughs> you know, <thank> you. <laughs> well, you you, you know you. you're gonna you're going to attract people around you because you you are just a genuine person yourself and you're very caring so i think that people you know easily um 
are drawn to you, you know, and I think that you're also able. I mean, I know even via social media, you are, I see you always complimenting and commenting and stuff. So <laughs> I think that you like to keep in touch with people also and that, you know, my, my father always tells me that you you give what you have and mm -hmm. they my, my grandparents raised me and they re raised me the, the way that I always have to be respectful and I always have to be considered through others and uh, just uh, what I have is what I give and mm -hmm. they you know so I think it, it, it has to do a lot with them the way yeah they yeah yeah I understand yeah of course that's that's the like you know the foundation that's um, that's how it all started for you. Yeah, I think that, you know, right. I mean, that's why it's so important when you, um, that you like instill the right things into your children at a young age. Yeah. So um, tell me, so you were initially married, right? And then um, you became a single mom. Um, so tell me, how was that? You so were you like you had no relatives here in Georgia? See, like going back a little bit, like I was telling you, the mm -hmm. way the way my my grandparents raised me, they were like too protective. I was like living in a, in a bubble, mm -hmm. and uh, when when I got married, um, it was like it's kind of funny because my grandparents were so strict. They didn't let me have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was, you know, sneaking to see him or whatever. And <laughs> then and then one one day, um, it was kind of late and I was so scared to go back home. And I'm oh, what am I gonna do? And I didn't go back. I didn't. I I stayed with my boyfriend and we were we were so young and I was like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do? So they my grandparents saw that you know you don't you can't come back home you have to get married because you've already been with your boyfriend and, mm -hmm. and that's how i got married and then um i was like okay we were like <laughs> but we i've been i was dating him for like when i was 13 i met him he was my neighbor but i met him as like when i started talking to him because mm -hmm. yeah, we knew each other, our families knew each other. We were neighbors, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like um, one family. So they they said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And then we're like, "Okay, yeah." So um, after that, when I got married, I started like uh, depending on my husband, and I was very immature. And when I when I when we when he said we're gonna go to United States to visit or whatever. So I didn't thought much of it. I said, okay, let's mm -hmm. go. It's like a vacation or whatever. But then when we got here, um, uh, his sister was living there. They, they were, they invited us to come visit them. And then after that, we stayed here. And after that, yeah, we decided that we were gonna, we were gonna stay here. And um, up until now. <laughs> so you came to visit and never left. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, now that I think about it, I was like, oh, my God, I, I wasn't even thinking. What am I yeah. going to do up there or nothing? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It was like, wow, now that I think about it, but I was too young. Well, yeah, I think when you're young, you just don't think much of it. You know, my... You know, I moved to the United States because of my ex-husband, too. And it was one of those, like, you know, I, I wanted him to stay with me in Germany because I had just graduated from um, being, you know, like a medical school. And um, I wanted him to stay with me in Germany. But his family was there on military orders and they had to come oh. back. They had they had to come back to the United States, so you know I asked him if he would stay, and he was like, "No, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be able to stay here." So I was like, "Okay, well if you can't stay here, then I'll come with you." You know, <laughs> and I was 19 at the time, going on 20, and we were we like we're really the same age. Yeah, we were really like you know we wanted to be together, but it was the the continents would separate us right so i ended up following him six months later and i moved to the states you know right before my 20th birthday um and now when i think about it or when i see my daughters and you know they're kind of sort of approaching that age that i just up and left you know i never questioned anything i never like did any research i had no idea where i was going I got on the plane and just like, you know, moved here. <laughs> and I would probably like now that I'm older, I would definitely would have, you know, considered or planned more or whatever, you know. But I think that I'm just saying that to say that when you're young, you just don't, you know, think much you know, of, exactly. of, yeah. of the consequences. I didn't even what... ask questions. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So of course you probably how how was life in Mexico? Like do you feel like you you were hopeful that you would live a better life in in the United States or did you have a good life there? So, like, see, when I, I was I was going to school. Mm -hmm. Um I was going to college when I when I got married and then um my grandma told me not to leave school. Mm -hmm. She she wanted me to stay in school but mm -hmm. I didn't I I felt like I was a married woman I could do whatever I want so <laughs> and I regret it mm -hmm. but, um yeah so I was like I didn't know much you know I, my my they were so strict that I just thought if I get married I'm I can do whatever I want <laughs> they're not gonna tell me so. yeah <laughs> uh, now that, I, that I'm talking about it, oh, I just—it's okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> you said you were 17. Hey, that's that's all that needs to be said. You were still very young, and you know, Im like you said, immature, maybe a little naive too. But I think that when you are sheltered and raised up very strictly, you are chasing more like the freedom part, like you said, than you know, establishing yeah. a family or whatever. And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, in countries outside of America, and maybe there's some families that hold similar traditions, but I think that even in my culture, you do not leave the house unless you're married. And something like that, you know, if, you know, um, a, a young adult or a young woman would have left their their family's home and spend the night at 
and you know a boy's house or a man's house they would basically tell everybody oh she got married <laughs> that's yes, you know yes, so i understand to me. <laughs> i understand your story completely <laughs> yeah you yeah. know the culture is very different yeah 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 so so then you you're in georgia and now you're um you're your marriage didn't how did how long did your marriage last see when we got here from california we struggled a lot all the plans that we had didn't go through oh we just everything went wrong mm -hmm. and uh i was very disappointed um mm -hmm. we were very disappointed and uh he started he find a job and he started working i i was uh when i first uh, moved to california i worked as a babysitter mm -hmm. and uh it was a very nice lady she let me bring my own child and uh but when we got here i wasn't working because i had two small children mm -hmm. and then he was working and we had our savings but uh they didn't last too long <laughs> so mm -hmm. we were having a hard time and then we started arguing and and that's why our marriage just went through the car and uh, we start having trouble and we got separated we were fighting too much and we didn't like that we didn't like that to for our daughters to right right to watch all that mm -hmm. so we decided just to separate mm -hmm. and that that was one of the things that i that I thought, you know, if we were in California, this wouldn't have happened. We were, oh, going, yeah. to we were going to church. We were doing just fine over there. And yeah, uh, but yeah, so later I started working. Um, and then I started just me and my girls. Mm hmm. Yeah, so. Um, for so initially you basically were illegal right yeah so um why do you think it's so hard becoming a legal resident or why did you know why did it take you so long to well for us mexicans it's hard because we're just neighbors you know mm -hmm. we're just right next to next door to say something so uh i think they consider that our country it's a good country to live in and you know it's hard for us to to get legal like like other countries that they come and they do asylum or you know mm -hmm. it's much easier for some but for mexicans it's not it's not easy because i mean you know, for me, initially, of course, I didn't understand when I first like moved to the states because I was an immigrant too, right? But then now I've I've been here for you know going on twenty years, um, in a couple years. But you know, I've I've spoken to many, and you know, I've worked with a lot of them too. And I, you know, every, everyone that I have met has been hardworking, very kind, all about their family. And they just want to make a better life for themselves. So I really don't understand, like, if there is work available, why it's so hard for people to establish residency. Like, I don't understand. And I mean, I know, you know, 
the media of course highlights mainly the negative things and the negative things that are happening and i'm not saying that they you know that they aren't people taking advantage of that too but i would just say that the people i personally met have like been just very kind and hardworking people and they're, sh they're just trying to get ahead and they're trying to establish a life and so i just don't understand um you know i i'm just curious uh, you know in your community right what are some of those discussions or why what do people speculate why it's so hard to just become a resident or um g obtain a work permit like why why is it so difficult yeah but for us mexicans that's that's the, that's the the main reason that mm -hmm. they don't consider that that we need to 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 leave our country to come live here because mm -hmm. we we have a, a free country we are you know our, our Mexico is a very, a, a very rich country mm -hmm. and uh, you know they, they say there's, there's no reason for you to leave your country to come here you know interesting that, that's why that's why we we as Mex we know that for a fact yeah because because you know when 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 you when you're in that when you start that process to get legal that's one of the things that you have to face Gotcha. So how has that process been for you? Oh, it's been a long, long journey because um, I was uh, representing myself. I didn't have a lawyer. Uh -huh. So there's obviously there's a, a lot of laws that I don't know about. Uh -huh. And uh, they they just kept uh, postponing and postponing my 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 court day and my court day. And when 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 it was ready, the date that I had to go, they had to cancel that day and they gave me a new one. And uh, I'm telling you, I started my process in 2011. Wow, 10 years yes, ago. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Until I just, when the pandemic started, it was awful because I was ready to go to my last court and they just uh, canceled it because of all the pandemic and everything. But then I said, well, I think it's time for me to get a a lawyer and they changed my uh, my judge so i was kind of like talking back and forth to her and but after they changed it the, the 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 new judge was different i didn't have that communication with her so i said i i think it's time to get a lawyer mm -hmm. and that's how um the lawyer started me with a permit which i didn't know i could have that was one of the things that I didn't know about. Uh, but uh, as soon as I hired him, he just said, you're going to get a permit. And then I, that's how I started it. So, so if he, if anybody that's, you know, watching the show is, you know, considering um, immigrating, would you now um, advise them to oh, go ahead and get a, a lawyer right away? Question. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get a lawyer because you know you'll be lost. You you, you will lose a lot of good opportunities mm -hmm. because you don't know the law very good. Yeah, yeah. So my so advice, you think yeah, if you definitely. had if you had one ten years ago, you would have I'm, had a yeah yeah definitely. By this time, I will be a citizen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think? Do you? Uh, are there some lawyers that are like um? 
that you know you would recommend or any programs or organizations that you know of that people could like reach out to? Um, well, the reason I hired this lawyer is that when I was going to, to court while I was detained on immigration, I saw him in the court, you know, the way he talked, the way he was helping other people. That's that's what made me hired him. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I can't I can tell about others because I don't know. Um, but that, this one that I have, it's been it's been a good one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm I've so never, excited. I've never um, went to to the like um, the ones the, the help that they offer, like from from my country. I've never tried that. So I don't mm -hmm. know. Gotcha. I don't have experience with that. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. OK, well, I appreciate you still sharing that so that, you know, anybody that hears your story can you know, make the determination and just say, hey, I should probably just get a lawyer and, you know, instead of trying myself. Well, well, there, there has to be like, um, you have to have a status to, to start with a process. You, mm -hmm. you, you can't, you cannot just start a process without having a status. Right. Like, like, like when I, when I started mine, um, I got um, pulled. I got pulled over by the police, and I I didn't have a driver's license. Mm -hmm. So they took me to jail. Oh and, no! And, and yeah, and at that, that time, uh, there was still the law that immigration was in the jail. Uh huh. So as soon as I got in the jail, immigration got me. Dang! And then what? And then I I went to the facility that was in uh, Irwin. And uh, I stayed there like for three months waiting. Wow. Yes. Uh, I stayed uh, three months, but um, they gave me a court like. Like uh, two or three weeks that I got to the to the place, they they gave me a court. So I was in front of the judge and I told her my situation. I said how long I've been in this country. I have three daughters that they were born here. So she just canceled my deportation and gave me a case, gave me a, a wow. pile of papers to fill out. And she told me to fill them out the best you can and come back. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, um, when I um, went for my um you know how you get an appointment when you get well you ha i don't know if you've made it this far but for me um i had to go to like a video interview with me and my ex-husband and we had to like sit down with the immigration officer and it was like an interview um where they basically were making sure that we were not like faking a marriage or whatever and um I was actually in, in the early stage of my pregnancy with our first child together. And um, I mean, I think she could tell that, you know, it was a genuine connection. It wasn't I was going to say anything that, fake. They always, they always say that if you have kids, it's easy. Yeah. So it, um, so then I get a paper in the mail that says, like, I have an appointment to get like my stamp in the passport. Um, for to basically become a permanent res permanent resident, 
um, on like, I don't, uh, it was like a Monday, right? But then I ended up having my baby on that Thursday before that. So I was like pressuring, pressuring the doctors to let me out on time (laughs) so that I could go to the immigration office on Monday. And I was like pushing myself. I had a C-section, right? So I'm like, please, I need you to discharge me on Sunday because I need to be at the immigration office on Monday. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. Like, you know, and I'm like, no, I, I need to go. I need to get out of here. This is like finally, you know, the last step I've been waiting for. Yeah. And um, oh, man, I remember on Monday morning walking into the immigration office, holding my stomach because I couldn't even walk oh. straight up. And this lady was like, when are you due? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, um, I just had my baby on Thursday. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, I had a C-section. I'm here to get my, um, my, for my appointment. And they were like, get her in, get her in. Like they felt so bad for oh. me. But that's when the lady told me that, um, she was like, you know, I can just really tell that you guys are you know genuinely in love and that this is a, a real relationship so she instead of giving me a five-year visa gave me a 10-year visa wow oh, green card yeah i was like whoa thank you so much you know and i think it's like like you said it's like being like putting positive energy out you get positivity in return and you know i think that you know she saw that it was all genuine and not fake, but she, you know, whatever impression we left with her, she ended up giving, you know, um, making the process for a lot easier for me and giving me a 10-year green card instead of five years because we weren't married fully two years at the time. So that's, I think, when they only give you a five-year visa first and then they extend it. But anyways. Wow. yeah, she gave me 10 years from the go from the get-go and I was very very appreciative of that. Yeah, I bet yeah. you were. Yeah, I see so many bad stories though and you know, I feel like horrible for the people that are trapped like in those deten uh, what are they called again? The Yeah, detention centers. Detention centers. Yeah. Detention you know, centers. Yeah, I I was watching like when I actually when I was in California and um, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was watching a documentary about, um, like, you know, basically people that are being, um, you know, um, taken because of, and you know, being illegal and not having, you know, a legal status. And that was just, like, so sad for me, you know, to see, like, families torn apart and, yeah. and you know... It's like the desperation to to for a better life, and then you come over here, and then you fear to be deported and everything. When the process, I feel like, could be made so much easier if people just want to work, because there's plenty of work here. Exactly. Yeah. When I was when I was there at the detention center, mm-hmm. um, I've seen a lot a lot of women that. Um, they weren't living here. They they got them when they were trying to to cross the border. Oh, so they were uh, from Central America, like uh-huh. Guatemala, Honduras. Mm-hmm. They don't speak English at all, mm-hmm. and they didn't have translators. When I got there, 
they, they, they were women that uh, they've been there like for seven months. Wow. And they were clueless. They didn't know what, because they didn't understand. What, and, I wonder uh, why they hold them there that long. Like, what's the purpose? I have no, I have no answer for that. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, but when I got there, I was their translator. When they, when the, when the immigration officers went to, to see them or whatever, uh-huh. you know, I was explaining them the situation and, you know, and, and, uh, I, I told them, I can, I can believe it. You don't have a translator here. Yeah, that is crazy. This girl got so sick and she was having a stomach pain so sharp and she was crying and, and, and she, she, she's been there. She was like, like that, like for a long, long time and they didn't help her. Wow. Until, you know, and, and when one night when she started like, like feeling like that, I just called, called them on the, on the speaker and I said, we need help here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was the, the first time that she went to see a doctor because I could translate for her. And um, I, I'm a believer, you know, I, my parents um, always took me to church and, and mm-hmm. after I grew up, I t- it was my personal decisions to uh, um, keep going to church and everything. Right, so, right. You, so I was, I felt like, because I was very sad that I was there, but then he gave me hope and I said, I'm sorry, that's why you brought me here to mm-hmm. help all these women. Women, yeah. Is so many you have no idea. Uh, it's like it's like my life had a purpose. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm meaning, you know. I feel like I could help somebody, and that's a lot for me. I love helping people mm-hmm. in need. Yeah, and it was amazing uh, the, the the feeling that I had by helping them. And, of course, and some of them some of them could go home. Some of them could leave that place and and get back because to of your health. And, and it was unbelievable, Benisa, that they didn't have a translator. That how is could, crazy. How, it is. It is. Yeah. Well, cause how could they even determine if the person is in danger or whatever is going on with them and why exactly. they were exactly. coming there in the first place? Yes. So, you know how they have they talked about the like the kids camps? So that is pretty much really how it's been like I, I'm sure you you were at a, like a women's camp, I assume. So you yeah. know how. So do, do you think it all it all is like pretty much true? How the, what they were showcasing on? I don't doubt it. I don't mm-hmm. doubt it. But in my time, uh, I I didn't see that with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. It that didn't exist. But um, yeah, I do believe. I do believe it. it it's a uh, like. Um, like it's like a like a story that you just think is just on TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That is it's unbelievable, but it is real. Um, now this now these days I I was uh, listening to the news and they they're about to to close the facility that I was in because mm-hmm. they were like doing surgery on women um, for not not to have kids. And they oh my goodness! They didn't allow that. They just—they were just doing it. And there's a lot of women that are complaining about it. Yeah, 
and yeah, because they they don't want to to have more kids. That is and, crazy. Uh, yeah. So so the whoever was like running that facility or that center was doing surgeries on women to basically sterilize them. Yeah. So that they yeah. could not have any children. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is like, you know, against like human rights and I mean, so many laws are broken. Yeah, that facility doing that. is like three hours from here. Like, yeah, from here. And uh, when we had to go to court, we have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, uh, going through all the jail, all the process. It was three hours. We we were in the bus at six a.m. So we can be here at eight, nine, no, six, seven, eight, eight, nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a long process when we had to come to court. I can imagine. But we didn't care as long as we could talk to the judge and try to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I can see you. I can see you like flourishing in that role to fight for those women. Because I also like the time that I've known you, you've always been sort of like the the leader or spokesperson for like the the group or your department that you've worked with, you know. And um, I think that's where you gain your respect. Also, is because you're not afraid to share, you know, um, good and bad things, you know, with people that you work with or may, people you may even report to. But you, you know, you spoke for those that can not be heard or don't have a voice because they um, are too shy or cannot speak the the language, you know. And yeah, I truly believe that you were put there for a reason. I think so too. Um, it was so hard when I, when I left because there were people like, don't leave us, don't leave us here. And they were crying and I was crying and I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God. It was so hard, yeah. And I have a few on my Facebook that that made it that uh, get to stay here yeah. yeah and we we just we stay in touch and That's some of awesome. them that are in their country that that still I'm, I'm still in touch with them so did you have your kids then yeah so i'm yeah. sure that was hard too being separated oh, yeah, from your it kids was so hard. yeah it was so hard i don't know like you like you mentioned that you see me on the on the social media uh i'm always talking about my oldest daughter to be my right hand because she mm-hmm. really is she really is she's the one that does stay in charge with the, her sisters while i was locked up mm-hmm. because see i don't have any relatives here right i don't have like cousins or nothing so mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. i know it's hard and my daughter she's always been there for me that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, daughter, for me. <laughs> Thank you, daughter. <laughs> yeah. She likes so, it. She's just right here with me helping me. <laughs> uh, I know she helped you with your, your makeup and everything. Yeah, so the awesome. setup and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what challenges did your kids experience growing up here? Um well, for them and for me as well, mm-hmm. it was that uh, when we were just us, I had to work. And they, if they want to participate in any activity at school, it wasn't possible. 
because mm-hmm. I couldn't take him. Yeah. I had to. My my oldest daughter, she has a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. She can sing. And I remember that she wanted to enter a contest. Well, actually, she did. She went with a friend, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she won. But it was like a process. She has to go to another contest to see. But she couldn't make she couldn't make it because I couldn't take her. Because yeah. it, it, it was either working or just going. Yeah. And I, I couldn't afford missing a day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, I think it was hard for them, but they they adjusted at the situation. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I, I was in the same boat, too. Yeah. It's, it's very unfortunate, and it's really because you, you know, it's... You don't have that support system because you yeah. are here by alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and always the, the 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 oldest daughter is the one that you know takes the responsibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I really appreciate that my daughter you know was my my younger daughter consider her her second mom. Second, second mom. mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they ask her. They were asking her for permission instead of me. Mm-hmm. So. And it, they're just, they love it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. What's the, what's the, so she's much older than the, the other two or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's, uh, she's nine years apart. Oh, her. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, my oldest daughter is 31. Uh-huh. My middle, well, the, the other daughter is 22, 20 and three. <laughs> and let's talk about the three-year-old. <laughs> That's a good Leo way to. Uh, um, I, I want you to talk From about twenty-three. I know. How did that happen? <laughs> no, uh, I know how it happened. <laughs> so I vividly remember you telling me that you were pregnant. <laughs> so. It was a surprise, a big surprise, right? Okay, go ahead, tell your story. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. No, when I say it, it was because of you. Because when you were pregnant, I got like it was like a virus or something. It was in the <laughs> water. That, that you I think there were like it was in the water. seven babies yeah. or something. We I think they were like because. Yeah, yeah. Something in that hotel, something. I don't know. Yeah, why. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I was 46. And um, I thought I was going through menopause. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know much about that. But I thought maybe my period doesn't come because it's not going to come at all. I'm starting mm-hmm. my menopause. Oh, oh well. Um, so I just leave it like that. I wasn't feeling bad or anything. I was still working, you know. Um, but my breast started hurting. I'm like, oh, this is not, this is not menopause. I don't think so. So I went and got me a pregnancy test. I was even inside the store and I went straight to the bathroom and in like two three seconds came out positive mm-hmm. I'm like I was speechless I'm mm-hmm. like no 
And I, I was, I was <laughs> with my daughters, and I didn't tell the, the younger ones, but I told my oldest daughter, I was like, <laughs> look, at, look at this. And she's like, ew, why you got that? When you, when you, when you find it, <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. No, it's not. Yes. Mom, this is not a good joke. Like, I'm not joking. She's like, <laughs> mom, she was just in shock. <laughs> and I'm all like, oh, I have to go to the doctor. She's like, it's going to be a, a false positive. It, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. That was a Saturday. So I had to wait until Monday and to go to the doctor. So I went and then... Um, I told her what happened, and uh, they, she just, uh, with a, I don't know how to, the thing that can hear your heart or whatever, mm-hmm. she was using that, but she's like, I, I can't hear a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, but she's like, let's go, and she took me to the machine where they have the ultrasound, mm-hmm. and it was just right there. I could see it was formed already. <laughs> it was the head, the body, the the hands, the the legs. I was four months pregnant. <laughs> four months, seventeen weeks. And then we heard the heart, the heartbeat. Yeah. My hands were sweaty. My daughter was crying. And my partner. He was crying too. He didn't have any kids. Yeah. He's younger than me. And uh, we have mixed emotions. But at the end of the day, we were happy. <laughs> we were happy. And then that's how I found out I was pregnant. That is, you know, I just remember because you were like, remember, I wasn't feeling it because you were not like feeling good. Right. And uh, you couldn't like figure out what was wrong with you, but you thought you were going through menopause or whatever. I just remember you would like talk about how you had hot flashes and stuff like that. And you just rode everything off to menopause. Yeah. Meanwhile, you were creating a new life. You know that hot flashes. Mm-hmm. You know, make, don't have your period. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Especially so, but, you know, but, but at but someone started, like your age. Yeah, when I started, like with my breast hurting, and that's not that's other not stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember you would tell me you're pregnant, and I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you were like, yes, you are. <laughs> oh my god, it was such an experience. <laughs> so then um I guess talk about your pregnancy. So you ended up having him early, right? Because they couldn't like figure out what your due date would be, right? Cuz I remember um, no, there yeah, because I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't know what when what was my last uh, period. But yeah. um, no, the thing is that I got um preeclampsia. Mhm. And and uh, they told me they, I couldn't just leave the hospital. When I went to a uh, to the doctor for a for a visit for a, mm-hmm. and then they t- they sent me to the hospital because my feet were swollen, my blood pressure was high, 
and it it was dangerous for the baby and for, yeah. for me more than for the baby mm-hmm. and then uh, they kept me at the hospital they didn't yeah. leave me I, I i stayed like six days before before they do um, a c-section because mm-hmm. um they were like trying to induce me to labor but also they were giving me other medication that the, that they were like this with the with the medication for the oh it was like it was stopping, it was hard for me because I wasn't dilatating is that how you said uh, dilating dilating dilating, mm-hmm. dilating thank you yeah um mm-hmm. and and they were came and checked me and I was three 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 I never passed from that three centimeters and it's just hard mm-hmm. and, and 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 one of the nurses I, I said what is wrong? I mean, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? I can't just stay like this. Mm-hmm. It was it was hard. It was very, very hard. And then one night, um, I just, I fainted. And and my, my partner noticed it and he was like, Fabiola, Fabiola, are you okay? And I was, I wasn't responding. And, and uh, now that he told me what happened, he called the nurse and then all a, a lot of nurses and doctors they were trying to you know make to hey wake up and mm-hmm. i don't know what they did to me but after that they decided to do this dissection mm-hmm. i was almost i almost died wow. I almost died. yeah and uh when they did the the c-section i was so afraid i just told the doctor mm-hmm. please don't, don't i don't want to die there's three mm-hmm. kids waiting for me at home. Please, I don't want to die. Yeah. So I was, I didn't have a C-section before. Mm-hmm. I had my three daughters vaginal. So I was scared. Yeah. But now I have Scary. much respect yeah. for, mm-hmm. for women that had C-section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they said, oh, they go the easy way. Excuse me? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was, it was very hard. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was 34 weeks mm-hmm. when he when he was born. Um, he didn't have to be like with oxygen or anything. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He was breathing on his own, and um, but they he had to to go the, to the NICU, mm-hmm. and he was there for a month. I went home. And he stayed at the hospital. And when I got home, I saw his crib and all the things that I have prepared for him. And it was so hard for me mm-hmm. not to bring him home with me. But uh, I said, well, he's going to be better taking care of it at the hospital. Yeah. So I was trying to be positive. Yeah. And, uh, um. I saw that it was going to be hard for me to go see him because of the C-section, but it's something like inside you when, when you have to do things mm-hmm. that, that you find the strength yeah. that you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. So that happened to me. Uh, at that time, my partner was working out of state and he had to leave and I had to go by myself to the mm-hmm. hospital every night to go see my son. I had to drive and I have to, you know, walk and everything. When he was coming with me, he was driving. He he was pushing. I was sitting on a wheelchair, but then I had to do it. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I had yeah. to go. I I was going every day, every day, every day to see my baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's such like, he was a surprise and then he was a boy because you had three girls. So I'm sure he's like super, super yeah. spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> he is. And he's, that's okay. He's, uh, his sisters <laughs> love him. Yeah. At the yeah. beginning, they were so jealous. I mean, seriously. <laughs> These big girls. Yeah, yeah. So jealous. And they said... <laughs> They don't want. They don't want it to be a girl. And my oldest daughter, she's like, I don't want a boy because I know you wanted you wanted a boy all this time, and you're not gonna love us. You're just gonna lose <laughs> boy. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> and um, last for my partner, it was, it's his only son. So mm-hmm. you know, from both sides. It was, yeah. it, it was a blessing, yeah. Yes, um, of course. It was hard. I can, uh, it was hard because when my daughter was uh, going to turn 18, I had these thoughts in my mind that I started planning what I'm going to do because I don't have <laughs> to be taking care of babies no more. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah. was, you know, um, there were things that I wanted to do because I wa- I've never planned to have more kids. Mm-hmm. And then um, when he, when I found out I was pregnant, see, when when I was living, when I was growing up with my grandparents, I didn't have a family with a mom, a dad, a brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted that. And I said, yeah. when I grow up, I, I want to have a family on my own mm-hmm. with lots of children, a mom and a dad. Mm-hmm. So my daughters always tell me, being a mom is is your your, your profession. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the best mom, and that's true. I I didn't regret a minute having my son. Mm-hmm. When I when I when I tell certain people that I was pregnant, are you having it? Are you crazy? And, you know, I felt kind of bad because I wasn't going to abort my child. Mm-hmm. No way. And they say, it's going to be challenging. I'm up to it. Mm-hmm. I'm up to it. And, and up, look at, up until look. this day, I don't regret it. Look how young he's keeping you. You look amazing, Fabi. <laughs> you yes. don't look like you have a daughter at 31. Um, you definitely, you know, I mean, I, I think that kids keep you young, you know, with their with their young spirit. It's because it keeps I, always, you. I always wanted to, to be a mom. And mm-hmm. to, that love that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of love for my grandparents. But mm-hmm. I always knew they weren't my parents. You yeah. I mean? So yeah. so all the love that I needed that I that I needed from a mom. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna give it to my children. That's beautiful. And uh, yeah. they're they're the one that that keep me going. Mm-hmm. And and now you mentioned Benjamin, he keeps me going. I mean, I'm 50 years old, mm-hmm. and, and I get tired. My energy is. 10 while his energy is 100 <laughs> percent 
yeah. he keeps me going. Yeah. And I have I have support from from my daughters, from mm-hmm. my partner. They they're they're help my big helpers. Mm-hmm. So we are a happy family. So Benjamin today is you said three years old. Yeah, he is almost four because he almost was born four. in December. Yeah. Right, I remember. Wow, time is flying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um how has Benjamin's development been? Because I, I, I and I'm only asking this questions because uh, this question because I know Fabi, of course, in my personal life, and she's shared some things with me. Um, yes, yes. Do you do you think that some of the challenges that he's had are due to you having him late, or is this something that he inherited? Or, uh, well, um, while I was pregnant, they told me. They always, on every visit, they always told me, you have to be careful because I haven't mentioned it, but I have diabetes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would tell me, oh, you have to keep your levels very, very good. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time I went, they said, he, he can die. He can die always. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they told me, because of your age, you can have, a, you might have a Down syndrome. And they did tests while I was pregnant. They did a test and it came out negative. And I told the nurse, I said, I mean, the doctor, I said, well, you look, you look at the way of a science, but to me, my son is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I know that if God sent him to me, he's not going to, um, he's going to do, he's going to finish the work on him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a, a healthy baby. He's going to be okay. And even if, if, if he was, and even if he had Down syndrome, I wouldn't care. I yeah. Would, I will love him and I will just be up to the challenge and just take care of him. Mm-hmm. And then um, it came out negative. When I went, when I had him, mm-hmm. they did another test. Because they couldn't believe it. They were like expecting that he had to have it. Um, he, they, they did three tests. Oh, my God. Total. And they all came negative. This is so unnecessary. <laughs> exactly. I didn't understand why. But um, while he grew up, I could see certain behavior. Um, that I'm concerned about. He didn't crawl. Mm-hmm. He wasn't reaching his milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that concerned me. I had to take him to therapy to help him crawl. He started crawling at one, when, I, when he was one year old. Mm-hmm. And then um, he, he started walking when he was three. That was my biggest concern. He was holding things and, and walk, but he wasn't walking by his own. So um, I took him to therapy mm-hmm. and uh, it took him a long time and he wasn't walking. He wasn't walking and they suspended the therapy. They said because, you know, he's not making progress. So... I said, well, there has to be a reason why he's not walking. Um, I noticed right. that, he was kinda, that I, I noticed that he was kind of crooked. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned that to his pediatrician. So he sent me to the uh, specialist um, and they check on his spine. Mm-hmm. And, and they said um, one of the the bones, I don't know how to say it, uh, was crooked. Mm-hmm. Only one. But that was enough to make the to make it. A yeah, thing. yeah. So, but he told me that that has nothing to do with him not walking. But I mean, I observe him and I I see that he was afraid that he doesn't have good balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has to be a, a reason. But um, they said. That's not the reason. And, and and also he said, we have to wait until he's five years old. Maybe he's going to correct it itself. And I'm like, are you sure all this, all that time? What about if he doesn't walk all that time? Yeah. And uh, he's like, he's going to walk. You'll see. Okay. Okay. So one day. All of a sudden, I remember I was here in my living room. He started walking. He <laughs> let go of the table. Yeah. But he, he was walking like this. Like wobbling. Oh, my God. I cried so much when I saw him do that. And then after that, he started little by little, little by little. Uh-huh. And then he started walking. And uh, that... Uh, has teach me uh, to be patient and to understand mm-hmm. that he has his time. Yeah. And uh, I just have to keep working with him. Uh, he, he's not talking. He doesn't talk. I'm waiting because I'm on a long, long list uh, waiting for a speech therapy. And also, um, I, I, I'm i not sure, but I'm going to look for him uh, to be tested on uh, to see if he has autism. Mm-hmm. Because some of the, some of the things, some of the behaviors leads to that. Yeah. So the doctors never diagnose him with anything? No. It, the the funny thing is like I always have to tell them when I notice things, mm-hmm. and and it's me that I have that that's because what I tell them they send me to the specialist or whatever to to look farther on the path. Wow. Yeah, and and when I told the, the pediatrician when I bring my son for you to you know to check him out. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't notice things. Or, and she told me that I'm the one that's with him all the time. And I'm the one that knows him best. But if his spine is not aligned properly, then she should know that as a doctor, right? And the thing is that because of me being uh, with diabetes, I have to go a lot for ultrasound mm-hmm. to be checking on his development. And I they never saw that also my son his his head mm-hmm. is flat mm-hmm. it was flat but that was because they had him when he was born they had him lay down all the time like in that position 
they could they didn't put him on the side like you know and yeah. that's why that's why his head went flat like that i wonder if that i don't i guess i don't know you know if that could like adjust later on as he you know is more mobile and walks and and as he grows i don't know if that you know that changes or not um but i i can imagine that that was probably the reason why but you would think um well i guess again i don't i'm not a, a professional so i don't know if they can turn the baby you know to lay on all sides so that there's like you know equal weight it's to me it's like like they clay and, and they were born premature Mm -hmm. So you have to like work with them, and, and mm -hmm. th there's there's like these pillows, special pillows that you can put the baby on the side. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like you know, like like he was feel like forming, we can say. So being him like that all the time, his head is like clay. So he was like, okay, he went like that, flat. Oh. And and I, I know that they, they 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 always tell you don't put him on 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 his tummy. Mm -hmm. That's not recommended. But I'm not talking about on the tummy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Side, You're talking side, about the side, yeah. You know, like because uh, laying like that all the time. And and you know the hospital, they're not gonna have him. He was all the time. Right, right. All the time. Um, until I got visit to visit him, I can I could hold him and. I would stay as long as I could, but it wasn't enough. So all all day, all day, they had him just like that. But they they said that has nothing to do with it. So, mm -hmm. but you know, all those things um, made me realize that I have to be really smart and really like pushing to help my son because I'm I feel like I'm his advocate. Yeah, I have to fight for him. Mm -hmm. You know. Just and like you fought for those, you know, for your for your other children and exactly. for those women at the yeah yeah exactly. exactly. So I have to to understand the system because to me it's ridiculous that that I have to wait months for for him to start therapy. Mm -hmm. I, it's I because agree. Because of the pandemic and and they said it because of the pandemic that they this and that but you know we're not talking about just um oh he has like a stomachache or something no this is serious i need to know my son yeah. is growing up and i want to help him you know with milestones and everything he's gonna start he's gonna start uh going to school i need to know if he's gonna be able to mm -hmm. to be in a group of kids and to learn the way that that the kids do he's gonna be four yeah so i wanted to even though i don't work and and the reason i don't work is because i have to go to the to the therapies and right I right to, i need a lot of days so yeah um i i, I was i was talking to my partner and we decided that maybe we can put him in a in a in a little school, you know, so he can he can start like interacting with other kids. He's just mm -hmm. here with me. We have a lot of toys for him, but it's not the same, Vanessa. He needs yeah. to interact with other kids. Mm -hmm. I was trying to, you know, to find a mom with kids my age and be friends, maybe, and 
put mm-hmm. kids together so they can play. Or, but there's this uh, uh, neighbor that I have, um, and I told her, you know, why don't we just get together and so the kids can play? But she she was like, oh, okay. I respect that because some people are not that sociable. And she was a Hispanic. But um, I didn't want to, like, be too pushy, you know. So I need him to interact with other kids. Yeah. And yeah, because uh, I, I think that that would help his development, too, seeing other children, yeah. um, you know, in their, like, you know, in the, like writing or reading or coloring or doing things, building stuff, you know, that will trigger his interest also when he sees kids his age, you know, doing things. But I think the first step is really diagnosing and figuring out exactly what. Exactly. Yeah. What and to and to answer your question, I don't think that was because of my age that he's having all these mm-hmm. issues. Because um, I my my um, nephew. He's 25, 26, and his uh, girlfriend, about the same age, they have two kids with autism. I know a lot of young oh. um, couples. Yeah, yeah. Kids, so that ha- that has nothing to do with Yeah, age. yeah. So do you think he has, he is autistic then? Do you um, think? They were, they were helping me, and mm-hmm. I went to their house, and they were just, because now they're, they're um, I'm not going to take, like, their, they're not going to give me a diagnosis. I understand that. But they right. know a lot about it. Yeah. Tell, you know, the behavior and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Benjamin has a lot of uh, behavior that leads to believe that he yeah. might have it. Yeah. Well, I, I I hope that you find, you know, some closure soon. Any of the listeners or viewers, if you have any suggestions for Fabi or if you know of any organizations yes, or any, any specialty doctors that can help her, please comment um, um, or, you know, reach out. Um, you can inbox or, you know, send a message to businesscafe at gmail.com and share any information that you have regarding this subject. I was uh, I reached out to a friend that I know has a, a kid with autism and I asked her a few questions. But the thing is that your pediatrician have to to like uh, write you the um how can I say this word? Um the referral. I need yeah. a referral from my pediatrician. Uh-huh. I was looking on the internet and I call a few a few um, places uh, for for autism, but they told me that it has to come from my pediatrician. Mm-hmm. First. There's a lot of like you know, what and do they uh, call it? Like red tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you know they're not helping you get ahead and getting what you need. Why is it so hard to get a referral? I don't understand. You know. I think uh, that I mean I actually I did got a referral and she referred me to the can I say the name it's okay I guess so yeah uh, uh, the Marcus Institute mm-hmm. that's what that's where she refers me to so what what they have to do is they have to send from their office they have to send all my son's information to them and mm-hmm. I have to wait for them to call me so two weeks passed they didn't call me so I called them mm-hmm. to make sure 
they have the information of my son. And if he's still, he's on the waiting list. Yeah. And she told me, oh, I don't know. I'm just getting the call. But we're behind. We're two months behind. When we get to, to the date, they send us your son's information. We're going to call you. When wow. is that going to be? How long? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it the same for the speech therapy? She gave me five different places. I called five of them. One of them is closed. Four of them, they have a waiting list. I think that's what I'm finding a lot with a lot of doctors right now. Um, that, you know, this. Plandemic. <laughs> um has really messed up a lot of stuff and and the waiting lists for a lot of different things, especially mm -hmm. doctors offices, specialty doctors. The waiting list is very long. Um, so Fabi, I um, I'm going to, you know, let you know if I hear of anything, you know, appreciate um, it. Thank you. Um, I'll definitely, you know, I'll keep um, work. We keep in touch anyways through social media. But um, if I come across anything, I definitely will share. Um, Thank you. I'm open to doing play dates with you. You know, my son is four, so um, <laughs> four and a half now. So, you know, we can talk offline and see when we can get together and go to like a playground or whatever, you know. Um, I'm definitely up for that, especially, you know, right now I'm not really, you know, I, I don't work for corporate America, so I my schedule is a little bit more um, flexible. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm really sorry that you're, you know, going through that and that you're having such a rough time with that. But I hope that, you know, you get an answer soon so that you, you can you can help him in his development and you can, you know, kind of target whatever deficiencies he has, you know, yeah. and and hopefully, you know, he will talk to you soon and, and share all the fun things with you. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But he's like, he's so like as such a happy kid. I always see his like videos and stuff. So, um, you know, he's he's in very good spirits. So, he, he's uh, all ready for Halloween. He's very excited. Ah, he, that's knows, good. he knows a few words. Uh -huh. uh, trick or treating. Oh. Like, trick or treat. Trick or treat. So he's so ready. Because he watches uh, some videos about it, and uh, we already have him accustomed, and we're so excited for Halloween. So yeah, he he talks a, a few words. Well, that's good. But not sentences. But, yeah. You know, that's the beginning. And I yeah. buy him, I buy him all this um, the flashcard, mm -hmm. and you know I'm trying to help him out and yeah. I hear him. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well, so, yeah. Fabi, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation. I learned so much about you that I did not know. Um, so it just kind of tells me again why you're such an amazing person. Oh, thank you um, so much. Remember when, when, when I met you, what I told you? That you reminded me of my best friend, remember? And you said, "Well, keep oh going. yes, and yes, you were I do so remember." So nice when I met you, and, and you know, I, do I felt the that. connection. Yeah, yeah. And well, and I'm so I, glad. I want to, I want to say that uh, that it's important to me that uh, when you went to work over there and you were our boss, um, there's a lot of things, a lot of changes that you did, and you 
and you was like, um, we were working there, but we couldn't attend the meetings. And you started to bring us to the meetings and, you know, to including us. And I thought that was so nice of you. <laughs> and you always including including us. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a very nice thing. And I I have so much respect for you. And I don't know if I've already told you, but I thought you when I saw you like you were. I admire you. You're very smart, oh, and you, thank you you're very you know like you are a nice person. And and I appreciate what you did for for. Ladies that were working at that of time course. at the hotel. Of course. You know, my number one priority was always taking care of the people that, you know, work with me. I never see people as like people that work under me. I always, you know, I always thought of everybody like we're all a team. You know, I'm no nothing, I'm not better than you or another person, you know. And so I just wanted, you know, kind of equality for all. And I knew that together we could make a lot yeah. happen and exactly. achieve a lot of goals. And we did that. Yeah. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we did. So much. I, <laughs> I remember when that eclipse, all, all that you did, that you were, you organized a lot of things and you uh -huh. have all those glasses for us to see. I mean, that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of the, fun. I the, remember the days that you made games for us to play outside. And I mean, it was fun. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I miss it I too. Miss those days. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, um, thank you again. Thank you, Fabi, for your time. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. For everyone that's watching, please make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Again, we're looking for information for Fabi in particular. So please share anything that you know. And it will um, be appreciated. Make sure you um, subscribe to us on YouTube, but we're also now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and a few others that are mentioned on our Facebook page also. So make sure you follow us on our social media handles, which are, you know, Instagram and Facebook. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, Fabi, for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. And thank you for my tea. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Enjoy it. And tell your family I said hi. Okay. Thank you. And I'll All right. Bye. 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 Bye.